And the title of this tonight is An Invitation for the Whosoever Will. An Invitation for the Whosoever Will. We're going to look at quite a, a bit of scripture tonight, but we're only going to open with one verse. And it's right at the end of your Bible. It's right at the very last chapter, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 22. And one verse we'll lift for a basis of our message this evening in verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is ever living. Amen. And your word is forever settled in heaven. And your word will not return unto you void. And we know, Lord, wherever you send it, it will accomplish the thing whereunto you've sent it. So we ask you now, Lord, to send your word forth. And Lord, that your word would find that place and do that work which you have ordained it to do. So, Father, settle us now. Settle our hearts. And, Father, take any opposing spirit, distracting thoughts. Bring them under subjection of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may he alone be seen and glorified. For his name we ask it. Amen. An invitation for the whosoever will. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. An invitation is preached. An invitation has been preached. We're almost at the end of two weeks of mission. And every night, whether it's in the gospel and song, whether it's the gospel from the preaching of his word, whether it's the gospel of testimony, saving grace of God, people saying where Christ met them, how Christ saved them, what Christ has done for them, the invitation has went out, come, Amen. come to Christ. It's been given out to everyone, and many of us have already availed of that offer. The Spirit and the bride say come. In other words, the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of the preacher, through the mouth of clay lips, through the mouth of the weakness of a man, through the mouth of those who have testified and those who have sung and song, those Christians who have maybe witnessed even after the meeting, the Spirit through those who are redeemed with the precious blood. The Spirit through Christians have been saying, come. The Spirit and the bride say, come. God the Father is the great inviter tonight. Amen. I want to say it again to you. God the Father is the great inviter. His invitation is a great invitation through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, it's with great inspiration that is, through his Holy Spirit. So God says, through his Spirit, 
through men all these last almost two weeks. Come. Come. First of all, come where? And come to whom? Come to Calvary. For in Calvary you'll find life. Come to Calvary. For Calvary you will know forgiveness. Come to Calvary. For in Calvary you will receive cleansing from your sin. Come to Calvary for there you will meet the Lord Jesus Christ. So not only to where, but to whom? Come to Jesus. There's none other you can come to. There's not another. There's no other way, and there's no other place, and there's no other person. But it is come to Jesus, for in him you find life. Come to Jesus, in him you'll find forgiveness of sin. Come to Jesus, and in him you'll receive your cleansing. Come to Jesus, for in him you will see the Father. In him you will go to the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So there is no other way for a man or a woman to be saved, to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be washed of their sin. Not by any means, nor by any method, save coming in repentance to the cross where Jesus shed his blood and died. There's no other way for you. Notice this, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the bride, that is, those of us who are his church, his redeemed church, his blood-bought church, we invite you to come and find out more about this wonderful Savior whom Rebecca also has sung about earlier on. The question here is, who can come? Who can come? First of all, him that heareth can come. Or her that heareth can come. Secondly, him who thirsts, or he who thirsts, and she who thirsts can come. And thirdly, the whosoever will can come. The whosoever will. So when we look at the whosoever, we realize the hearing, we realize the thirsty are the whosoever. And when we look at the whosoever, you and I can put our name in there. The whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. Put my name in there. The whosoever is Ken Davidson can come and take of the water of life freely. Gordon Foster can come and take of the water of life freely. Rebecca Wilson can come and take of the water of life freely. Timmy Wright can come and take of the water of life freely. And friend, you put your name there. For the invitation is to the whosoever will can come and take of the water of life freely. So first of all, the hearing. Notice what our verse says. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. So the invitation is to those who hear. Now all of you, especially when I'm mic'd up, you can hear me clearly. I've got a loud and a clear voice without it. But nevertheless, it's that amplification. But that's not the hearing. 
that they're speaking of. The one who hears, listen, Romans 10 and 17 says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I'll say it again, so faith. Faith to believe that Christ died for you. Faith to believe that he is your only way. To faith to believe he is the only cleanser of our sin. Faith to believe in Christ and Christ alone. And how does it come? comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word there gives the idea of those who don't just hear with the outside hearing of the ear, but with the inner man, the inner woman. And listen, the word is the rima, the rima of the word of God. In other words, the word that the Holy Spirit takes, his own word, the sword of the Spirit, he takes it and he says to you, not only in your ear where you've been able to walk out any other night, or you've heard another preacher some other time, or you've heard of the gospel someplace else, and you've walked away, but rather here it is, it comes to your ear and drops into your spirit, and your spirit man, your spirit woman, hears the voice of God. That's the hearing, and faith is given to you to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, or the rima of God is the quickened word to your heart. You know that word that really speaks deep into you? That word that is different this time speaks right into your soul? Faith comes at that place. Faith comes in that part. And that's when the word changes you. That's when the word changes the man and the woman from the inside out. And you receive Christ as your Savior. Notice this. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11 says a few lines about hearing. We're talking about the Lord Jesus here. He says, of whom, the Lord Jesus, we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, saying ye are dull of hearing. The Hebrew writer is saying, of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you're dull of hearing. There's so much more I, we want you to know, but you won't receive it. Of the Lord Jesus Christ, he got infinitely so much more to give to you, but you won't receive it. And the Hebrew writer is saying, there's so much more in Christ. You see, many of them were coming from the temple the Jews worshipped in. And some had been converted to Christ, they had a herd. And they were starting to think, oh, maybe we need to do rituals. Maybe we need to still slay animals. Maybe we need to still keep worshipping uh, through the high priest at the temple. And that's why the book of Hebrews was generally written. And they're saying, no, it's all now. The faith is in Christ. He is the final sacrifice. The lamb that was slain to end all lamb sacrificial slaying. He's saying the blood of the lamb is no more, but the blood of the lamb of God is what matters. And we have so much more, he says, I want to tell you. So much more to show you. So much more that Jesus could do for you. But you just won't listen. You're dull of hearing. The word dull means you're slow of hearing. It means that you're just, you're hearing it and it's 
maybe taking a little register in you, but you're casting it out. You're turning away from it. You don't want to know it. He says, if you're hearing, then you can come. Is there someone here tonight and you're hearing? You know what's right in your heart. You know what's right in your spirit. And you've wrestled with it and you've struggled with it. Well, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Listen to the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. John chapter 5 and verse 24. He says, verily, verily, or truly, truly. He's emphasizing the truth of what he's about to say. Friend, Christ is emphasizing the truth of what he wants you to hear tonight. Verily, verily, amen and amen, truly, truly it means. When you listen, Jesus says, I say unto you, this is the Lord himself, the Lord Jesus in flesh, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Do you note that? Jesus himself gives the warning that you're under condemnation. But what he's saying is, I love you so much, I came to die for you. You're under condemnation, but I've come to shed my blood. You're under condemnation, and if you hear my word and receive my word and receive me, then condemnation is taken off you. And at that great day of judgment, there's no more condemnation for you. You stand redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. You have everlasting life. And you're heaven bound. Kingdom bound. Notice he says, if you have hear my words and you receive me, you shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. John chapter 3 and verse 17. We all know 16 very well. But listen to verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but in that the world through him might be saved. Listen to the next verse. He that believeth in him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen, what Jesus is saying here. What John is telling us. He's saying all men and women are under condemnation. And oh, it's only in Christ that condemnation is lifted. You know, people say, oh, you're, you're a hard preacher because you condemn. I don't need to condemn. God says everyone's already condemned in their sin. Condem condemned condemnation. He says, but I've come because I love you, to save you, to lift the condemnation off you, the wrath of judgment. That's why Christ died for you, to lift it off you, that you can be saved and forgiven, and stand before God righteous and enter his glory, enter into his kingdom and into heaven. And this is the condemnation. Jesus says, do you want to know where condemnation comes from? This is a condemnation. That men love darkness rather than light. 
because their deeds were evil. In other words, men prefer the darkness. See, men and women are walking in darkness, even in the, the very noonday sun, in the brightest of the day, they're still in darkness of heart. Darkness, entrapped and ensnared by the devil himself. They might be the nicest, most loveliest people you've ever met that's walked this earth. But their heart's in darkness. If they know not Christ, the light of life. That's according to God's word. And he says, the condemnation is this, that men won't come to me. Women won't come to me. And I've loved them to lift it from them. So the hearing may come. If you can hear tonight. Not just with here. But you know it's in here. If you can hear tonight. He says come. The invitation is out to you. Come. Secondly the thirsty can come. The thirsty. Look at what he says. Revelation 22, verse 17. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit says tonight, through the bride, through the speaker, through his word, Come. I'm giving you the opportunity. I'm giving you the invitation. It's going out to every single one of you. Many of us have accepted this invitation. He says, Come. The old hymn writer wrote, I've tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but ah, the waters failed. And as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. The thirsty. Thirsty. If you're thirsty, he says, come. Come. Maybe you've tried the things of the world. I'd done it for years. And the only way I could get release from drug addiction and the pains of it was to take more drugs. The only way I could get away from the depression of drug addiction was to take more drugs. The only way I could get off what I called the merry-go-round of life was to do it all over again. I tried the broken cisterns, Lord, but ah, the waters failed. And as I stooped to drink, they fled and mocked me as I wailed. It made fun of me. The devil and his vices and all the things that are out there that our flesh craves for, the desires that we have, the, the, the waters, the cisterns of the world. The water cisterns of alcohol and drugs and sin and fornication and sleeping around and all of these things. All of these cisterns, oh, we must thirst after them because they seem good. It's what mankind wants. It's what women like to do. It's what we need in our lives. And so we, we thirst for them. Our flesh craves after them. And the devil just loves to have us entrapped with it. And we thirst after it. And by the time we take it, we think we feel satisfied. Oh, yeah. I've been in many a party for days on end, and as long as I had drugs to keep me up, and even when I took so many, I still couldn't get higher. I fell down again. But I felt when everyone was around me, 
And everyone was drinking and drugging and there was people everywhere and you had a girl to chat up on one side or whatever was happening on the other. And all this was going on, you see, you were drinking at these cisterns and you were feeling good about it. But oh, but when it fizzled out and all went home, you know what happened? It mocked me at the end of it. It destroyed my life. Destroyed my life. Lord Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10, for the thief cometh not for to steal and to kill and to destroy all. But here's the hope. I am come that they might have life. They might have it more abundantly. I've never had a greater life from the day I met Christ. Now none but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life and lasting joy, Lord Jesus, found in thee. So here we have the broken cisterns, and there's thirsty people, because when you get up, you think, well, it satisfies us, but we feel emptier by the time we're finished with it. Marriages are broken up because of adultery, because of a night out, maybe, or or because it's a continually nights out. And and we, we find that all of these things happen. Lives are destroyed because they've went out and they've got into trouble or they've went out and they've hurt someone or they've done something wrong and they end up in jail. It mocks us. It runs from us and we feel good about it, but it mocks us. Wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging, the Bible says. And many of us are fooled by it, you see. Many of us are fooled by it. Listen to what... The old prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 29 and verse 8. Listen to what the Lord says through the prophet. And it shall be as when an hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint. And his soul hath appetite. What is God saying? He says you'll be dreaming that you're drinking. Oh, so refreshing. You'll even be dreaming it's like a man and he wakes up and his thirst is real. It's still there. I don't know if you've ever had a dream like that. Sometimes you you dream you're drinking a nice cold glass of water and you wake up and your tongue's stuck to the roof of your mouth. You see, you're empty, and this is what it does. It empties us. But the spirit and the bride say to him that is a thirst, Come! Oh, there's a water here to drink. Come, he says. Come. Why thirst anymore? No fulfillment in the world and no satisfaction there. Listen to Proverbs 25 and verse 25. Proverbs 25, verse 25. As cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Now, what on earth is that saying? Well, think of it like this. As cold water is to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. If you've ever really been really thirsty, I mean, you're just so dry. You really just get that first taste of water. Nice and cold. Maybe you've been in the hot climate and you're, you, you feel you're, if you don't get a drink, you're going to wither up and die. You get that first drink of cold water. 
Oh, the refreshing of it. So is the water, the living water of Christ. To the soul that says, I'm lost. I'm dry. I'm barren. I'm empty. I'm thirsty. I'm needy. Help me. It's like good news from a far country. Here's something to think of. You see, whenever Israel were at war, the watchmen on the tower used to look to see the, the, the messenger running with the latest details of the war and the battle. And if they, it was a victory war, usually they would have came carrying something to see from afar. It's good news, it's good news, it's good news. They're coming. They have won the war. The battle is over. It's good news. Coming from afar. Or it can be looked at when we see in Matthew 21 and verse 33, the Lord Jesus giving the parable of a man going into a far country, speaking of himself, rising from the grave and ascending into heaven, the right hand of the Father, to come back again. Christ is coming back again. And he says he's as a man who goes into a far country. Note the good news is from the far country, when Christ ascended into heaven, the good news is the messenger of the Holy Ghost came. And he brought the gospel of saving grace. And he's brought it right into the church now. And you know what we're saying? The spirit and the bride are saying, come. That's the good news from the far country. There's another one where there's a young man who takes all his inheritance and he goes into a far country. In other words, he, he goes away from his father's house. It's like the backslider. The backslider takes all that he had, he had and all that wonderful relationship with the father the wonderful communion with Christ, and, and they take it, she takes it away, spends her inheritance that they've built up in God. Will the Father ever accept me? But good news comes from the far country. Listen, your Father awaits you. And from the far country comes the prodigal son coming back again. Oh, that's good news coming from a far country. The heavens rejoice over one in the presence of the Lord. Over one sinner that repents. So here we have good news. The good news is the gospel. The gospel from heaven. Let's just stay in the water for a moment. John chapter 4. Pastor McCollum was on it last night, so we'll just skim over a couple of verses. We know the woman comes to the well, and he asks this woman at the well to give him water, and she says, you have nothing to draw with. And listen to what the Lord Jesus says to her in John chapter 4 and verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. He said, Are you really thirsty? You see, if you drink of this water, that's the water of the world. That's the, the broken cistern, really, to keep this, this body alive. That's to satiate and satisfy the flesh. He says, but if you come to me, he says, I will give you living water. Water to keep you living for eternity. The water of the Holy Ghost. Notice what he says in verse 13. 
Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, the woman's water. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh, friend, if you're thirsty, come. Come tonight. Come. Come to the waters and drink. In John chapter 7, the disciples are going to the Feast of Tabernacles. And they used to build little booths. And they went to these booths, and they would have stayed on generally for about eight days. It was to remind them of their, their time coming out of Egypt and setting up in the wilderness. And so they had a great feast, and at the temple at the end day, they would have had what was known as a solemn ceremony, where everyone was very solemn and walking, and, and everyone, all the priests came bearing golden pictures full of water on their shoulders. And where the blood had been shed from the animals in the Old Testament, and the, the blood had run down the altar, the priests came and poured all the water out. And you've seen the blood and the water running down from the altar. And as the blood and the water was poured out, or the water was poured out and the blood and the water ran down, they used to lift their shofars or their, their trumpets, and they used to blow them, and the people cheered and the people shouted. And it reminded them that they were brought out by the blood of the Lamb. They were brought through the seas of baptism of the Red Sea by a great miracle. And they encamped and they were fed water and quail in the wilderness. God brought water out of a flinty rock. And they were victorious in their God. And this is what it meant. And so the disciples says, Master, are you coming? And he says, no, my time's not yet. Go use on. John chapter 7 and verse 37 reading on says, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, Now he goes here to this feast on the last day, when they're about to pour out the water, and they're triumphant, and everybody is shouting and cheering and praising. Oh, what a party we're having! What a wonderful time it is! Blowing the shofar! Waving their banners. Jesus at the last day stands and he says, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Do you know what he was saying? See this whole religious ceremony? See all this symbolism? It all pointed to me, he says. But now when you go home, friend, listen, it's the same tonight. When you go home, you'll go home. And without Christ, it'll still be in your mind you're not saved. It'll still be in your heart you're not right. When you go home, it'll still be there. Still be wrestling, still be working on you. When you go home and you lay down in bed at night, if you go home without Christ, he's saying you go home and you face your worries and your fears and your problems and you're still in your sin, you're still in the danger of condemnation. He says, but you go home. He says, everybody go home then like that. See, the party's over. Listen, see when the mission's done? There's a great buzz around the place and the mission's on and there's something to look forward to or maybe something that you feel compelled to come to. But nevertheless, the mission's on. The words preached, we're singing the songs. That's all it is if we go home without Christ. And it finishes when the mission finishes. 
But Jesus was saying, you can go home. You can take your religion and your denomination. You can take all that stuff you've done. But if any man thirst, come unto me. Here's the invitation. Come. Come unto me. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Listen, he that believeth in me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they believe in him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He was saying, here I am, believe in me. And when I go, the Spirit will come and fill you. Spirit will come and be with you. And everything you face, he says, I will be with you in the Spirit. I will be with you as your God. I'll be with you when you go to the doctors. I'll be with you when you go to hear good news or bad news. I'll be with you. I'll enable you. I'll equip you. I'll empower you. I'll endure you. I'll be with you. You'll sleep at night knowing you're saved. You'll sleep at night knowing you're forgiven. You'll sleep at night knowing should you close your eyes and never open them again in this life awake. You'll know, he says, that I have you in the palms of my hand. You're saved. The Spirit, the redeemed church, and the bride say, Come, the Spirit and the bride. The cross must come before Pentecost. The cross must come before Pentecost. The shedding of blood must come before the showers of blessing. The pouring out of his soul unto death must come before the pouring out of his spirit upon his church. He says, you come to me. I'm going to the cross to die for you. And when I ascend, I'll send my spirit. The hearing are invited to come. The thirsty are invited to to come, and we're told hearing on the thirsty, they are the whosoever will. The whosoever will are invited to come, come and take of the water of life freely. I think this is wonderful. Listen to Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher. Listen to this. He says, it is fitting that the great invitation closes the book of Revelation and the Bible. All the prophets of the Bible, all the apostles of the Bible, all the threatenings of the Bible, all the promises of the Bible gather themselves up and focus themselves into this one burning ray. Come and take of the water of life. of all the things, the warnings of judgment. And think of all the promises, the prophets and the apostles. And right at the end of it, God could leave us and say, you're going to be doomed forever. I'm going to leave you damned without hope. But he doesn't. He says, come to me. I am your salvation. That's how he leaves you. He's not leaving you with I'm going to judge you and place you into a burning lake of fire. He's leaving you with, there's an escape route. 
There's salvation to be had. Come to me. He says the invitation is to you. Come. That's how he leaves you in the Bible. And so the man and the woman who do not come, who are not hearing, who say I don't thirst and reject Christ, then that is not for you. And you're left with a lake of fire. Let's look at the whosoever and we'll, we'll round this up. The whosoever is right through Scripture. Here's a few of them. Here's just a few of them. John 3 and verse 16. We all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, put your name, that Ken Davidson believes in him, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What about this one? It's Romans 10 and 13, also in Acts chapter 2 and verse 21. Whosoever, put your name in there, Ken Davidson, if he calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Put your name in. Here's the invitation. Whosoever will. Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. To him, the Lord Jesus, to him give all the prophets witness. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Luke chapter 18 and verse 17. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. Put your name in there. What do you mean as a little child with the innocency? You know, whenever I was a wee boy, you know what wee boys are like, and they just get up to no good. And I wouldn't go to bed, and I used to hide behind the settee, and I thought my mum and dad didn't know where I was. And of course, they knew where I was, and they used to pull me out by the legs. But my dad used to sing a wee song to me, and I believed him. Do you know why? Because he was my daddy. And I believed him. I took him at his word. You know what the wee song was? It was called Jimmy the Wind. Jimmy the Wind will get you if you don't get into bed. Jimmy the window get you so cover up your head. <laughs> cover up your head and cover up your toes. Jimmy the window get you if you don't get into bed. Nice to run up them stairs and jump into bed in case Jimmy the wind got me. Now you and I are all laughing. You know why? Because there is no Jimmy the wind. Sure there's not. <laughs> there is no Jimmy the wind. But you see, as a little child, I believe my father. And Jesus says, you must take the word and believe it. Like that little child and all the innocency. My father, you know, obviously my dad had said it for his own end, to get me up out of, bed, out of the road for his, for his benefit. But here our father does it for our benefit, the heavenly father, and he gives us his word. And we're to believe it like a little child. Father, you've said it. That sentence, it's why I must believe it. And he says, you come to me and I'll save you. It's already done. John 8 and 34, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. We hear all the time, you know, oh, you just must be so uh, bound up. And you, you as Christians, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do the other thing. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to do this, that, and the other thing. I don't want it. I'm free from it. You see, those who do it, they don't realize they're the ones in bondage. They're the ones who are the servant of it. They think, well, they can do this and we'll handle it. Tell that to the alcoholic and the drug addict. Tell that to the fornicator. The gambler. 
I'm free from it. It has no hold over me. You see, he or she whom the sun sets free, they are free indeed. I'm not in bondage. I'm in full liberty. Liberty of the gospel. The liberty of the Holy Ghost. Liberty in Christ. James chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of it all. One little point of God's law and you're judged for it all. Look, if you imagine two climbers going up a great cliffside face and they're on chains and as they're almost at the top, one has about three or four links that start to break and suddenly they all just pull apart. Three or four links break. And the one in the other one, the other chain, he only has one weak link and it breaks. Is there a difference where they fall to? Both fall to their doom. Both fall to their death. Whether it's four links or five links or one link on the chain. And the, the chain, as it were, of the law of God. The moral law of the Ten Commandments says, if we break one, you're still falling as though you broke them all. That's why Christ kept them for us. That's why Christ bore our sin, the law breaking our transgressions against him in his own body on the tree that you and I would not stand, as it were, with those broken links, but rather righteous in him. James chapter 4 and 4, whoso whosoever, there's your name again, put it in there. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Think about this one for the Christian. The Christian thinks, oh, we must be more like the world. No, no, the Lord says, if you're like the world, you're my enemy. Now, the Lord said that. The word, word of God says that. You're my enemy. Notice this, 1 John 2 and 23, Whosoever denieth the Son hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. So put your name in there. If you're believing in the Son, you're believing in the Father. And you have him in your life. 1 John 3 and verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. Can you see this? This is, put your name in there. If, you try, if you're sinning, you're transgressing or breaking God's law. Now I notice this. Revelation 20 and verse 15. Whosoever, put your name in there. Think of your own name. If you're not saved, put your name in there. Whosoever. Ken Davidson, if, when he's unsaved. Ken Davidson without Christ. If Ken Davidson's name is not found written in the book of life, he's cast into the lake of fire. Can't get any clearer than that. Is your name there? Whosoever? Whosoever will, it means whosoever desires their will. Whosoever hears and thirsts can come tonight. Isaiah 55 and 3 says, Oh, 
Everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. What does he say? He's saying, listen, this is free. This salvation is free. It's free. In Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, you know what the Lord said to, to Noah? The flood was coming. The first person in the ark, was it Noah? Or maybe one of his family? No. First person, as it were, in the ark was God. You know why? He says, come. Come. Here comes the flood. Here comes the judgment, Noah. Come thou and thy family into the ark. Come in. Matthew 28 and verse 11, the Lord Jesus Christ said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Luke chapter 14 and verse 17, the Lord Jesus tells the parable of the man who has a great feast and invites people, and he says, Come, now for all things are ready. Come, for all things are ready. In other words, there's nothing you have to do but come. There's nothing you can add to it but come. John chapter 21, verse 12, the Lord Jesus, the risen Christ, meets the disciples at the Sea of Galilee. He's died on the cross. He's went to the grave. The tomb is now empty, and they're waiting to meet him at Galilee. And they see the man on the shore, and there he is with a fire. And he's cooking on the fire, and he says, come and dine. Isn't that lovely? He says, come and fellowship with me. Come and eat. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be wool. We heard the woman last night when Pastor McConnell was speaking. She, she was at that well and she goes in and he makes her an evangelist. She goes in to preach to the men. Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Come see for yourself, in other words. Come, you're hearing what I'm saying, but come meet him yourself. Here's your invitation, come. My last verse is this. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 9. John is instructed, right, he's told, right. Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. You're blessed tonight because you're called unto the marriage supper. What does that mean? You're called unto salvation that when he returns, we will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is an invitation for you. An invitation for the whosoever will. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Come. Will you come? Will you come? Just by a word of